It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Ever since her dazzling debut as Audra in the Big Valley, Linda Evans has charmed millions of television viewers around the world with her talent, warmth, and beauty. Her often lavish and luxurious life rivaled that of her dynasty character, Crystal Carrington. She's dined with queens and presidents, been romanced by the rich and famous, yet today what Linda treasures most is the wisdom she gained along the way. And in her book, Recipes for Life, Linda opens up her heart, her past, and her kitchen, sharing a revealing assortment of anecdotes, photographs, and recipes. She touches upon her incredible life in Hollywood, the friends she's made, and provides an intimate glimpse into her high-profile romances. At the heart of this inspiring story is how all of these ingredients have come together to make Linda the woman she is today, and she's joining us on Amy's Table. Linda Evans, welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm excited to talk with you, too. Well, I love the name of the book, Recipes for Life. And do you mean that just about the recipes themselves, or is there something deeper going on there? Got several meanings. (laughs) (laughs) It took me so long to come up with the title of my book. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. uh, That's why in this uh, memoir, I wanted to share um, my life the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, everything that made me me today. Well, you know, it's funny because you have had highs and you have had lows, and of course you had to live it all out on the in front of everybody in the news and in tabloids, but you have had some magical moments, both positive magical and maybe not so positive. Are there a few you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I talked about it all in the book. <laughs> you ask me, I'll tell. I've told everything that I that I could imagine would be of any value. You know, one of the things that I do now is I go around the country and I talk to women's groups about being a woman, and I think it's really important that we share truths, which means, you know, put it all on the table and, Mm -hmm. and let it sit there so we can understand we're all dealing with the same problems. So whatever you want to ask me, I'll be happy to answer. Well, you know, one of the things that I noticed in your the speaking section of your website and the speeches that you do present is some of them are talking about aging gracefully. And I know that that's a difficult thing for women to do across the board, kind of. What is your secret to aging gracefully? Well, it's it's got so many parts to it. Firstly, I don't... Betty Davis was right, aging ain't for sissies, but <laughs> physically what goes on in our bodies is enough to go, okay, you know, we've got to look at all of these things. And I think aging gracefully has to do with our own critical voices. It's so important to let go of the things that we have criticized ourselves on so that we can go through this time, which is really a magical time, uh, where we're wiser and we know more than we've ever known before and we can be healthy and we can look great, too, mm-hmm. if we just let go of the things that we sort of beat ourselves up about. So that's part of what comes with age, isn't it? Is that wisdom? We may get a wrinkle or two, a little sag here or there, but <laughs> at least we are smarter, calmer, wiser. Right, right. Well, I know that many parts of the book talk about your spiritual side, and I'm wondering, you know, did you did you start your life as a spiritual person, or did something happen along the way that made you a spiritual person? 
Um, I've always, that I can remember, wondered what's it all about? Why do we exist? What's the bigger picture? Why are we here? Those questions uh, have always intrigued me since I can remember. So I guess you could say I was born with those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And is that part of why you love to cook? Do you think, do you see a link between your spirituality and your cooking? I definitely see a link between cooking and love. I think they're interchangeable. You, you can't want to cook. I mean, it is an act of love. You're every thought. You're everything that you're doing. I know when I'm planning a dinner party for someone, I spend days thinking about what they like to eat. What can I make that they love? I love making the uh, recipes. I love uh, setting the table. I love feeding them, and then I love doing the dishes afterwards. It's just a big old act of love. Yeah. Well, it's true. In the very most basic sense, after all, food is required for survival. So feeding somebody is sort of like giving them life. I mean, that's a that's a dramatic way of putting it. But I, I sort of share your feelings there about love. I love to cook for the holidays for my family and friends, for sure. Well, what many people may not know is you are an amazing cook. In fact, you won the Hell's Kitchen in London. That had to have been a major accomplishment in your life. Well, I'm... <laughs> It was a major accomplishment, but it isn't necessarily that I'm an amazing cook. Um, I never said I'm great at cooking. I just said I love it, and I love finding great recipes, and I love um, feeding them to people. So I'm not a great cook. I'm a I'm a good cook. Well, you're I'm okay. I'll put myself with with everybody else and just <laughs> say you get in, you make some mistakes, you learn from the things that don't work out more than anything, and uh, I'm not going to have my own cooking show, let's just say that. (laughs) Well, I like that some of your recipes, they come from such varied places. For example, you've got one from John Wayne, but then you've also Mm -hmm. got your mom's hot dog stew. Well, that's my mom's hot dog stew because we didn't have a lot of money when I was young. My dad passed away, and so she tried to get things that were inexpensive but make them really tasty, and that is one tasty thing that to this day I still make for myself because it is so delicious. So what's in a hot dog stew? Okay, well, firstly, you've got to have real hot dogs, not like pretend hot dogs, <laughs> you know, turkey, whatever. Oh, right. To be, because that's where the flavor comes from. And you've got to fry it with the onions and the um, uh, peppers that you cut up and fry it all has to be crispy first, and then, and you get a lot of flavor out of it. Then you put a really great can of tomatoes in it. I mean, like San Marzano or something like that, where it has lots of good tomato flavor. Mm-hmm. And you put oregano. You uh, actually can use um, canned uh, potatoes because I've tried even cooking them and cutting them up to see if I could even make it better. And it actually. The old-fashioned way, the way my mom did it, is the best. And you put that all together, you put it in the oven and let it cook, and it just, the flavor from, it's like when you put bacon grease or bacon flavoring into something gives a tremendous amount of flavor. Wow. It sounds strange, but I'm telling you, once you've made it, you just go, oh, my God, this is so easy. Well, there's so lovely. And I also wanted have recipes in my book that represented everyone. In other words, I wanted for people who didn't know how to cook, who could cook a little, and then really had 
a good hand at cooking. I wanted recipes that were inexpensive, as well as some that everyone could afford, and then some that you, you know, if you were having a really special night, you wouldn't mind putting the money into it. I mean, every detail of this book, I tried to think of everyone and their needs. Well, and I love that you've got a little story and images and photos around each recipe or some in between. I mean, it's really, it is a peek at your life. It's a peek at the beloved television shows you were on and some of the movers and shakers from Hollywood that you were with. I'm loving this picture of you and Ursula Andress with Hugh Hefner. You want to tell us that story? Right. (laughs) Well, I, well, everyone was shocked that Ursula, uh, and I became friends because she was my husband's wife when I met him. And everyone thought that, of course, that wouldn't work. And that I'm also friends with Bo, Derek, which is the one that uh, uh, came after me. Right. Um, especially since he ran away with her when she was 15. Uh, so that perplexes people. And I found that I adored these two women that they were special human beings, and I wasn't going to let any of those details get in the way of our friendship. Um, We had gone uh, to Hugh Hefner's house, actually with my second husband, um, Stan Herman, and uh, so Ursula and I dressed, it was Halloween, as boxers, and uh, she had actually broken her arm, which is why it was in a sling, and (laughs) put on a shiner so it would look like we were fighting with each other, because that's what they said we did. That's hilarious. I love that. I think that's terrific. Well, you know, on a more serious note, of course, the whole big thing with the kiss from Rock Hudson, that just, I remember that being all over the place, and I'd love to hear that story from you. Well, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do a book to set the record straight on so many things that have had so much press and been slanted in different directions, because I felt that Rock deserved that. Mm-hmm. Well, we were, it was um, during Dynasty, and uh, the producers wanted Blake and Crystal to have affairs. And John and I, at that point, uh, joined together and went in to see them and said, we're not going to do it. We want somebody on television in a soap opera to be faithful, and so we're not going to go that direction, which was wonderful because they heard us. uh, But they said, we need to have something that will stimulate everybody to think that you're going to have an affair. So they came up with these characters. Ali McGraw played a character that was trying to seduce Blake, and Rock Hudson played the character that was going to seduce Crystal. And there was a scene where I fell off my horse, and after Blake had been terribly unkind to me for many, many shows, so that I was vulnerable enough that I might, Rock Hudson's character leans down and gives me a passionate kiss, and it looks like Crystal's going to actually say yes I'm going to do this. And we went out to shoot it on location, and when it came time for the kiss, Rock kissed me in a very non-romantic way, just, you know, with his mouth closed and very non-romantic, not Mm -hmm. what he wanted. And there was a lot of pressure on the director for him to do it differently, but each time he did it exactly the same way. Now, I had worked with Rock in the 70s, 
on a Macmillan and wife, and it's a practical joke, and he loves to make practical jokes. He was just so adorable. He asked me once if it was okay, he could throw me down on the couch and kiss me when the director came in for the shot. <laughs> so we did that, and I thought, oh, my God, he's really a very passionate man. Well, that's why I was so confused why he did the scene that way. So we went home, and everyone was, you know, um, unhappy that they didn't get it. And a while later, they came back, and they said, we're going to go out and reshoot that scene, which they rarely did because it cost a fortune for them to do it. So we went back to the location, set the whole thing up, came time for him to kiss me. He kissed me exactly the same, much to their horror. And so... Um, we just thought, okay, this is the way he wants to play it. This is how he's going to play it. We just will go on. And, of course, it turned out later that when it came out in the newspaper that he had had AIDS. And no one at the time understood what that meant. Right. And I knew that he was trying to protect me. And the press made it that he had endangered me. Right the scene and that they were saying to him how horrible it was and here this beautiful man was dying mm. and uh, trying to wrap his mind about everybody knowing what was going on and I knew that he was just taking care of me and uh, that was very sad to me what people do when we're without any knowledge or any information, and we're coming from fear. Exactly. Well, that is what is so lovely about this entire book. Are there those kinds of behind-the-scenes, real-deal, what-really-happened stories throughout Linda Evans' beautiful book called Recipes for Life, My Memories? And it's really neat. It's a piece of history, it's a piece of entertainment, and it's a piece of, of food that you'll love to make, from the hot dog stew to we're actually going to post Linda's recipe for Bouche de Noel on amystable.com. But Linda Evans, I I can't tell you how excited I am to have spoken with you today and how lovely you are as well to this day. You're just terrific. It's great to speak with you. You're very sweet. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Thank you. And we'll put a link right to Linda's website for more information about the book. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Amy. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. 